that's the one thing I think has been interesting is that I think people are more aware of how fragile and dynamic this thing called life is. Yeah. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. I want to talk about kind of what you see as future for telemetrics, but also kind of the industry and the workforce. What do you think a post-COVID-19 economy and work and workplace looks like? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is a hell of a topic. I just um, facilitated a panel talking about the talent mindset for the future of work. And uh, Rob, a couple of things that came out of that conversation. <clears throat> you remember when COVID first came out, everybody was rushing to go to the next normal. Yep. Not not the next normal, the new normal, right? The new normal, yep. And uh, one of the colleagues that was on the panel with me said, oh, I don't know about a new normal, but I know there's going to be a next normal. And whenever that happens, <laughs> it will happen. So that's one thing I would say. There's going to be this a next normal. There's just going to be a next normal. Yep. But it won't be what was. And mm. here's, 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 here's why, right? You've got roughly over 60% of the work, professional workforce still working remote. And you know how habits get formed. So even though people are, some people are under distress working remote, other people are figuring it out how to make this work for them, right? And so guess what? When the quote unquote return to work, I don't think you're going to find that many folks that are going to be that dying to run back to running, getting up at you know six o'clock in the morning, getting the kids ready for school, getting dressed, yep. and driving 45 minutes to an office where they're only really productive, maybe 60%. Because we've seen it. You don't have to do any of that now. Right. <laughs> so I'm saving money yeah. on dry cleaning? What? <laughs> you see what I'm wearing? I don't have to go out anywhere no more. This is great. I mean, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's opened up. I mean, it's been, for me, it's, a, it's been a, a double edge. Uh, one part of it is I'm a social being. Like, I would love for us to be able to do this in person. Mm-hmm. get drinks, talk, whatever, um, and be able to rap in person. At the same time, you know, I, I, I also embraced and was prepared for the next normal because I was already doing virtual interviews before this. Some people looked at me crazy beforehand. They were like, well, what do you mean virtual interviews? But COVID, you know, was the, uh, I think it accelerated trends and like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. And now everybody does it. And you're right. Their behavior has adapted to it. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. There are so many things that we thought from a change initiative or a transformation, it was going to take longer to get to. Yep. COVID accelerated that. Oh, yes. And so, you know, on the curve, on the S curve of innovation, we moved through some of those transformations to the next normal faster in terms of using technology, working remotely and virtually and all these things. So, you know, it's creating new, new innovation. So, That's the other thing we still don't know yet, because one of the things we talked about on this panel was, yeah, there's the future of work, what work is going to look like. But what are the future of business going to look like? Retail has taken a hit. Is retail ever going to come back? What's going to be the shopping experience like? So there's so much yet to change in terms of uh, the next the next normal. Um, uh, And I think it's, it's a ripe opportunity for folks who are uh, courageous enough to go out there and be entrepreneurs and be innovators because there's going to be new stuff that gets created. So we just created a new, a new, a new playing field to innovate from. Um, Agreed. 
you know, because one of the things that's always been fascinating to me when I think about innovation, you know, it's it's like we're in pursuit of uh, like, um, you know, they say the God particle back in the Indiana Jones. Everybody's looking for the it's like we're in pursuit of that all knowing, omniscient kind of power. So we're constantly chasing that of evolution. Right. So there's always going to, you know, uh, the universe is expanding at a faster rate. So there's more stuff to do and create as it expands. So I think, you know, for organizations who get the idea that they're going to have to constantly evolve, because one of our other premises here when we're working with clients are organizations are dynamic human systems. So organizations that better understand the human uh, and the human experience of workers and employees and uh, customers are going to be the ones that I think um, uh, went out in this next normal um, coming up. And then those of us who are out here in the entrepreneurial world who are constantly evolving and ingesting new technologies and new innovations faster, I think are going to find our ability to be able to sustain these changes. I, I was just talking to my board um, last earlier this week, and I said, you know, 2020 was weird, right? We had our best Q1 and our best Q4, but Q2, Q3 was like tumbleweeds. Yeah, yep. And so you think about 2020, 20. First part, the 20 half of it was bad, but the other half was great. So yep. I'm going to go, let's go great. And let's figure out what we can continue to do and evolve uh, and be more effective and sustain and uh, thrive as change. Because that's the one thing I think has been interesting is that I think people are more aware of how fragile and dynamic this thing called life is. Yeah, yeah right? I agree. Mm-hmm. So people will be more, uh, hopefully more, uh, uh, just grateful and intentional in the moment. To, Cause I would have never thought everybody, when this, when this stuff happened, I was like, okay, it's going to be a few weeks. All right. Maybe it's going to be another month. Okay. Maybe it'll be over in the summer. I just stopped guessing now. I just said, we're going to have to just, we are, we're, we're at whatever the next normal is. We are there. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we have to figure out how to adapt to it. I mean, the, the, the hard side is I, I'm like, I said, I'm an extrovert. The, the good side is that I've been able to get more done than I ever have, right? So, because you sit down, and and I have more time to just do concentrated work than I did before. So now I can get in five hours what used to take me eight or nine or ten. So, oh, and let me tell you, my friend, you know, running a business and making sure we've got good client relationships and partnering. I was on a plane sixty to seventy percent of the time before COVID, and you know, for the roughly twenty five thirty years I've been working. Uh, I've always traveled. This is the first time that I haven't traveled nearly at all. I mean, I've taken in the 12 months that we've been in COVID, I've been on a plane twice. Yep. It's so bad that I forgot how to use my Delta app. <laughs> and you're talking to a dude with over 2 million miles on Delta. Oh, that's so, serious. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a road warrior. And right. so for me, the quality of I feel better, I'm sleeping better, I, I, as an operating system, am far more effective and efficient, even in the midst of COVID, than I think I would have been had we not had this moment. So I'm, I'm taking it. I know it's not the greatest thing for a lot of people, but I'm trying to make um, some lemonade out of these limits. That's exactly what I, because that, that's, <clears throat> you can control the controllables. We can't control mm-hmm. COVID. We can't, right. we don't, we just can't. We can only control protecting ourselves and doing what we can to make our, to make sure that we can thrive and our families can thrive and our communities can, can thrive in the moment. So I do think that is the right 
mentality to have. And I also think the upside could be you don't you now don't have to go out and do as much traveling because now people have been socialized, right? Their habits have changed. Say, well, you don't have to fly out to San Francisco to have a two-hour meeting. Like, why do we have to do that? Like, and then not, I mean, you, I'm sure we'll do it some, but we don't have to do it at the level that we thought was always necessary. So to that extent, there's there's some benefit. But yeah. Yeah, no, no, totally. I mean, we just onboarded a lot of new clients um, in Q4 that I never met person, you know, face to face. Yep. And all my clients now have been yeah. <laughs> remote clients. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of funny how that how that's worked. And um, but people are now socialized this way. We don't, you know, we can we can now do this. So there is opportunity in this. I, I, I was telling some of the the, the uh, I call them kids. God, they're making me feel old. But college students that I that I've um, mentored. Uh, and, and some engineering students, because they're all like really, really down. I, I get it. I would, I would in college, it would be oh, awful. Yeah, right. Be right. I get it. But as the same advice I've given you now, uh, that you're giving uh, the the uh, listeners, and we're talking about now, is that take advantage of this moment. Though there's a whole bunch of people that are not in these virtual spaces. You can meet people at these conferences because I was trying to get them to my conference, and it was free. It was hard to get. Like I don't want to go to a virtual conference. I'm like, but you can meet. I'm telling you who's here. Like we have. The CEO of this, the CEO of that. I'm like, you You probably wouldn't be able to do this in person. So mm-hmm. do it. And some people did take advantage, but a lot, a, lot different, a, lot of, a lot of people didn't, not understanding that there is opportunity in this moment. And mm-hmm. the window is going to close. Or you, uh, the door is going to close. You either walk through it or it closes and then hope for another opening. Yeah. So. But no, I mean, all good stuff. And then your other part of your question you asked me, Rob, was uh, – what's happening with Tau Metrics going forward. Yes. Well, the one of the interesting things, <clears throat> we continue to innovate. Um, one of the things we are discovering that are people are using, uh, you know, um, uh, social platforms far more and actually uh, data, a lot more what we call in our world unstructured data, right? The ability to mine and understand sentiment of what people are saying and, and are doing but also themes. And so we're advancing our technology and capability to do uh, much more uh, natural language processing, which also uses AI, but also making sure that we are um, sensitive to the programming of that from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. So we're just seeing some really um, uh, interesting um, new product technology development, but then also evolving our, our work with our our, our customers and our clients that are out there. We, we're fortunate that we're partnered with some really um, noted firms in the uh, diversity and equity inclusion space with Diversity Inc. and the National Organization on Disabilities are partners of ours that we work with. And so we're working with them too to help amp up and amplify um, how to use data and insights to inform uh, culture and diversity and equity, inclu- equity and inclusion programs and overall employee experience. Because um, as we said, uh, we won't be going back to what we, where we were. So let's equip and enable organizations to move forward into that next normal, whatever that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Final question. You have a billboard Google ad that is a slogan for what you want telemetrics to stand for or you or your slogan for life. What does that say and why? Oh, man. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, man, I got a couple. You shouldn't okay. ask me, but all right. So, hey, you're on um, Highway 75 on your way to Detroit or Louisville. You see all these signs. But anyway, I would say one um, for us at telemetrics is stop guessing, start knowing, uh, because a lot of leaders will guess 
um, take uninformed, in, uninformed guessing about what's happening with their employee population. That's one. The other one is around humanizing the experience. Uh, that's what we do with how we present um, uh, the information and data and intelligence we do is really to bring that humanity back to the workplace, back to the communities that uh, uh, where we live and work. Because I think that's what's really been um, lost um, over the last, at least in my lifetime, it feels less humane than it did yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. Final question for you here. You got a, a committee of three, living or dead, and they can advise you about, since you're in the business of people, they can advise you about the business of people and your and how to go best forward. Tell me the three people you you choose on this uh, this board. Again, they can be with us, not with us. And why do you choose them? Ooh, jeez, boy, man, that's a really good one. Um, let's see, uh, Lao Tzu, who wrote the Tao Te Ching, which was a uh, a Chinese philosopher. I forget the time period, but. Uh, just some really solid uh, principles of living life and spirit um, uh, from a, you know, setting what I call the, the moral compass of how I comport myself in this time and space. Um, Martin Luther King around being an advocate uh, for human equity. Uh, back to my whole thing about bringing humanity and grace back into the conversation. And then um, I'm going to go with um, Steve Jobs. Okay. Uh, relentless innovator. Yes, he was. And, 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 and not the kind of innovation what I, I used to, I used to tease some leaders and organizations, not the marginal innovation, like a new flavor of Kool-Aid, but right. like breakthrough stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Give me a little bit of that. That's, right. you know, on that edge. Um, where actually, as I as I mature in life, I am more comfortable being on that edge of uh, being the break in the water versus the wake in the water. Yeah. What is your definition? I want to hear your definition as we close of innovation. What is it? You've kind of given me a few. What, give me what you think the de- your, what your definition is. I know there's no way to really summarize it, but everybody has their own kind of way to, to, to view it. What's your, what, what's your view of innovation? Um, for me, it's, 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 as I was just describing, it's not that kind of iterative innovation. That is a form of innovation. But for me, it's really about uh, that which creates new learning and new opportunity. It creates new space, un, uncreated. It has not been created. So that's, in my world, that's where it looked like. If, if, I, if I explore the combination of A plus B, it's not going to give me C. It's going to give me Z or something, you know, something breakthrough. And that's how I, I, I look at the world because we're in a, the space we play in. There are a lot of folks who are doing really great, what I call marginal innovation. But what we're constantly looking for is what's that breakthrough that helps us better understand ourselves, right? Through all the noise, what's going to give you that bit of insight about you as an individual or that organization, the insight about them to make them better um, yep. than who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My definition is um, innovation is a rebellion against the status quo and, and, and not accepting things as they are and starting from that premise. And, and uh, because 
it's when, so similar similar to what you said. Yeah, because you just people, said it. You just said it shorter, sweeter, and nicer than I did. You had time to think about it. I had to come off the top of yeah, my head. No, it was very good. No, but this is, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. But that, that's what I consider it at, at its root. It's not accepting things in their current circumstance. You know, it's not being just weighted by uh, the current picture and saying the only way to get to C is A and B, mm-hmm. right? Right. To, to go back to your metaphor, I can maybe do A, D. And E, and then I get Z, or I get Z, C, whatever. The point is, like, I, I don't find my, you, you don't find yourself having to be stuck in that in that limited mindset. I think why a lot of innovations fail, though, is as I'm learning, I consider myself an innovative thinker. Where I struggle, where I have to keep going back to, is also okay. How do I go from the innovation here to also the execution? Like, you also have to, you got to marry both, and often. You know, the two don't come together. When the two come together, that's when you create. Because Steve Jobs had uh, Wozniak, right? Like, because he, mm-hmm. you had, you have, so you still got to have, often is not, often you don't have that. You have a person that is the marginal person, but they make a successful business, different from being an innovative business that becomes, yeah, you know, I, I will, ultra I will successful. tell you, um, you bring up a really good point, right? So I am um, very comfortable in exploring the unknown, right? I, I thrive in it, right? But one of the things I've learned through coaching and developing and mentors is you do need to have the capability of the partners or the team who can blueprint yep. so that that which, you, what, that which you are thinking and creating can start to take form and structure and move through that whole manifestation process into reality, right? Yep. Um, and so that... Two, for those folks who are out there in the entrepreneurial space and then thinking about it, we all play different roles. There are some folks who are that cutting edge, innovative, uh, out the box thinker, right? And then there are other folks who are crazy innovative on how to create blueprints to bring things into being. And then there are other innovators on how to operate and scale. And so that's been the, the learning and journey for me on this is that, hey, dude, you ain't got to do it all. Exactly. You, I mean, with the S on your chest every day. <laughs> you can do anything, but you can't do everything, brother. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so that that uh, uh, and, and being open to um, leveraging the competencies and uh, skills and talents of others is a huge part of being an entrepreneur, I think, as well. Yeah. Chris Powell, Talometrics, man. I appreciate you, man. This is a good conversation. Hey, Rob, thank you for having me, my friend.